One, two, Freddy's coming for you. Three, four, better lock your door. Five, six, grab a crucifix. Seven, eight, gonna stay up late. Nine, ten, never sleep again. It's time for the last ever Friday Night Shadow podcast special. But... Obviously, be continuing Friday Night Fright. This is a Christmas on Elm Street, and it's coming up right now. So I'm just about to begin. Just worth warning: this is the Blu-ray version. So, and it's going to be split in two parts. So, yeah, essentially, it's going to be about first half movie, and then it's going to be a break, and then second half movie is going to be a break. Trying to keep these um. Uh, podcast specials different each time try different things so okay we're going to be starting in three two one i've pressed play i have my hot chocolate and i have my spoken languages because can't have any sound come out new line cinema really awesome title there uh new line very good for these franchises and we start with freddy in his old form walking through the basements setting up his tools, his um his weapons, and he's not happy with any of them. You know, the knife doesn't quite fit his fancy. So he gets his glove and he's gonna oh it's kind of interesting really. Cause normally they don't really do the um origin of certain things in horror movies until like three or four movies in and this one just goes straight up with this is how Freddy made his claws. And you can Freddy obviously is disgusting, he's a murderer and he's a pretty much a pedophile. But he made his own stuff. You know, most slashes just grab stuff off people made. He made this glove. That's pretty ingenuitive. It's evil, but it's ingenuitive. And we get the um a nightmare and street tagline and the um scream. And we're into our first sequence with a blonde haired debutante running down a a uh, wet and murky corridor in an eve in a night dress. Person down frame. Heaven Langan comes um name appears on screen. She is a I really think she's a good actress and I love the fact that she's gained come back more. A male voice is calling for Tina and incidentally I believe this is the woman who's from um, the Insidious movies, the um well, it's kind of like the go-tween between them. So that's good. Lynn Shay, that's it. She's a really good actress. I mean, I don't like Insidious that much, but she's really good. And she screams because a goat runs through frame, and then she laughs, and now she's in Boiler Room. Which, if you've never seen this movie before, you won't understand the importance, but this is an iconic location in Frey, Nightmare on Elm Street, some franchise. Also, Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas, if you listen to this. It's been a good year. Oh, well, it's been a good year. You get clanky, she's running through. Incidentally, there's one thing I miss about guys like Wes Craven. He knew how to light a horror movie. You know, when he wasn't being bullied by, you know, a couple of obnoxious bullies who South Park rightly make fun of. Really, why the fuck would you... I understand collaboration, but why the fuck would you tell Wes Craven how to make a horror movie? You know? This guy... Shit. Guy invented fucking genre, you know? Not invented fucking genre, that's wrong. 
But he, he's made so many iconic movies. Arseholes. Sorry, I flashed back in time by accident because watching this on PlayStation 4, and to be honest, I really... I really don't know how to um, use this DVD player particularly. So I've gone back to 19. You can stay here if you want. It's just you eventually we'll catch up because we'll have a break. But you're here for me for once, I'm assuming. Yeah, Wes Graven was an amazing director. He's up there with um, George Romero in the... I, I think Wes Craven made a couple of movies I wasn't a fan of. Um, like, content, like that stupid one about people on the stairs, which meant to be a bit numb and energy, but it was just really stupid. But he never made boring movies, you know? Like, he never made anything boring. He always tried, and if it didn't work, stuff like that curse, that werewolf one he made, which really didn't work. But he just reinvented itself. Like... Nightmare on the Street, and when came back with the um, sequel, New Nightmare, and then Scream, you know, and then when he sort of got stumbled into being a Scream guy, he made Red Eye, and Red Eye's a really fucking good movie. It's got a great performance by, it's working for two A-list actors, Killer Murphy and Rachel McAdams, and he gets the most out of them. And Frey gets dropped on Tina, but she wakes up. And we realise that this is doing quite a lot with dream sequences. And Tina assures her ma it's just a dream. And her mum says, oh, some dream judging flat. And her nightgown's torn. Showing the midriff, but not too much because it's a class movie. And the drunk father's sort of like, you're coming back to sack. And mother's like, hold your horses, boy. About Tina's given choice, I've cut your fingernails. Or stop dreaming. You have to do one. I was like, I think your nails aren't going to do that. And I cut skin for they did. Tina grabs the crucifix as we hear those creepy little kids. One, two, Fred, he's coming for you. And we see them. These kids are really creepy. I mean, I think that's kind of the point. But I don't think kids are trying that creepy. Maybe it's way Wes Craven frames it. He, he goes in slow motion. And this... Feels like a dream sequence at first, but then it shifts out of it. So is Frey mocking? Is Frey fearing for the real weird yet? No, we don't know. And there's Johnny Depp before his scandals. Um, just quick work on Johnny Depp. I I'm not defending him because I think he's done some really fucked up shit, and I think he's a messed up human being in general. But. And this isn't to excuse it. I, I think people going, oh, he can't act. He's like, no, he really, really, really can act. Not in this, but he really can act. And think saying he can't is just stupid. Maybe in recent years he hasn't been great, although I thought it's really good in Grindelwald and apparently he's really good in Black Mass. But you go back to even stuff like Swing Todd, he's fucking amazing. Such good performance. Anyway, he, in this movie, is hangout is dating Nancy played by Heather Lancome and Heather Lancome has a really really good endearing quality to her she seems like a very um genuine genuine person you know and don't often get that she seems actually genuine and 
it's one thing. I don't think Nev Campbell's a bad actress. I think she did a really good job in Scream. But I think Heather Lanker really gave more of that sense of being an actual person rather than move character. Like, Nev Campbell Sydney did a really good movie stuff. Star performance. Heaven Lanka does a really good performance in general. She's, but they are different movies, so I don't think you can judge them too harshly. Anyway, Johnny Depp is um trying tr characters trying trick his mum in thinking that Barry's by playing old cassettes with sound effects like planes and stuff like that, which you you don't really do anymore because we don't have like cassette recorders or stereos. But it's kind of weird because I remember when we did. Don't know if current generation does, but hey, if you're under 18, you shouldn't be listening to Sangway. It is quite funny because you know, things like car crashes and screams and stuff like that, and gunfire and explosions, it's they're all laughing, it's pretty funny. And he's like, Shit, yeah, I should call police. And then, and then says, Oh no, apparently some neighbors have been fight. Where's Craven? Pretty good sense of humor. Wes Craven wrote this script. I think that's one of the things people forget about Wes Craven. He's a really, really good writer. A genuinely good writer. Very effective writer in his own right. Which made perfect for working people like Kevin Williams. Because Kevin Williams, because so, script for Scream is really good. But Wes Craven did pour a lot of that out. Because originally it ended with Randy Sidney going out, which was fucking ludicrous back then. It's even worse now because Randy would totally be in C. I hate those terms, but he would be. And now our characters are discussing they dreamed about a guy named Fred. So and he scrapes things uh, he scraped his finger knives. He made a horrible sound. That sounds many, many sequels, Nancy. It's like It wasn't like that, but I have no sound, so I have to guess. John Depp, I'm just gonna call him John Depp, comes over above Cheetos. It's funny that I'm calling one guy who's had a full-blown career by his actor's name and the other two by his character's name. So I don't remember his fucking name. It's Rick or something, but I don't know, John Depp's funny. hate laughing on about this, but I would recommend listen to this podcast, enjoy it, but definitely recommend you guys going, anyone who gets a chance goes to see this at Prince Charles Cinema in London. It is an amazing cinema. And hey, seven, six, seven hits as of time for recording part one. I'm going to do part one today, part one tomorrow, and then it all goes up tomorrow evening. Mostly because I feel like I'm really student accurate, you know? And also, I think splitting in parts is better because I think a lot of podcasts, and I love them, I love listening to podcasts, but... I feel like they do too much of a, um, too much in one go. It'd be better if they split them up. But then again, it doesn't necessarily split up on programs that aren't Anchor. So, anyway, John Depp's outside and he's threatening. He's saying, Chow, why is he saying Chow to Chow? That's pretty racist. He's ambushed by Jock Man, who's got Madzine in his pocket and is wearing a leather jacket. Oh, it's Rod. I love names they gave characters in the 80s, like Rod. Like, that just says, oh, he's a big dick. Rod wants to fuck Tina. And Tina's like, what? And then Rod's still like, hey, I have a thing, a scrapey thing. Then throws it and goes, hey, are we going to have an orgy? And he threatens John Depp with a knife, which is probably not the first time that happened. Oh, his name's Glenn. 
I'm going to call him John Depp anyway. And they're all discussing Fred. And Rod's like, hey, me and Tina are going fuck because her mum's not home. And Tina's like, well, okay, I guess I just have to go with it. Apparently they're going to do it in her mum's bed. And Tina's like, sure. <laughs> like that, didn't give choice. And Johnny Depp and Nancy are clearly the more chaste couple, which is kind of amusing. Tina's scared of being left alone with Rod and she giggles and I'm like, that's weird. Chase kiss between John Depp and Nancy. She's like, not now. And he's like, oh, okay. They got to protect Tina. And he's a little upset, but not too much. But he does point out it's a stupid nightmare. Don't criticise the movie. And Tina and Nancy reminds him, well, we dream the same thing, so... No, I think it's not stupid. It's scary. This movie's moving like a rocket, by the way. That's what I really like about 80s movies. This, is not, this whole thing 90 minutes long. You're not wasting time, which is good. Rod and Tina are having that sort of pale 80s teen sets, where there's no real enthusiasm about it. And John Depp is listening to it, and he's getting worked up. Oh God, oh Rod, oh God, oh Rod, what great dialogue. And Jack, John Depp, Jackie Depp, John Depp is the blue balls and he talks about how morality sucks. Rod grunts and climbs off Tina and makes a, I need a sandwich face. <laughs> Tina look, smiles but doesn't look happy. Too happy, but does say just something about Rod, she likes big dick. Apparently Jungle Man fits Jane. That, that dialogue has an age where Tina says they won't fight again. And Rod suddenly starts becoming a genuine good guy. And then says, oh, we'll, we'll have no more nightmares then. And find out he had a nightmare too. And points out guys have nightmares too, you know. Don't be sexist. He rolls over, goes to sleep. And we cut to a shot of crucifix. Because it falls down on Nancy. And she gets up. And she looks at it a second and thinks, Jesus, you died for our sins. Just like Mae Gibson. <laughs> and she um, puts it on her chest and then goes to sleep. And we cut outside of the 1428 Eames Street house. And we pan up and up and up. And I imagine if I had music on, this would be a really tense scene, but I don't. So it's still tense, but it's not as tense as could be. Tina waits in bed and she thinks fucking goes back to sleep and he hears a pebble clattering and she wakes up again and it's like what Rod Rod you go and sort that out and he's just snoring because he's spent here's more pebbles clattering and she looks and she looks at window and she looks at window and she Puts on her jammies. And she looks out window and... There's no one there. Huh. Oh no, a pebble smashes, hits window. And she looks out. There's no one there. Enough pebble clatters. And so like, who could possibly be throwing that? And it's shattered the window. Or it's left a hole in window. Spider web crack. Don't touch it, Nancy. She looks very, very worried. You know? Ask who they think they are. Well, who are you talking to? 
You can't. There's no one out there. And also, volume doesn't travel that far. Now get famous shot of Freddy trying to burst through the wall and get Nancy. His hand is scraping up to try and break through. And it's a really cool image. And it's actually, it's entire bodies trying to push through the wall. It's a really cool shot. It's practical. But Nancy wakes up and sees there's nothing there. She must have dreamed the start of it. She hugs the crucifix Jesus and says, Jesus, protect me like you give me Gibson. And she puts it back on the wall because she thinks they'll stop Freddy. And that's something they never really get at in sequels. Like, could God stop Freddy? And I, I know Wishmaster series goes to shit, but one of the fucking funniest things I've ever seen is the Archangel Michael come down from heaven to fight the Dijin and getting fucked up. That was hilarious. I cannot wait and cover Wishmaster movies. Wishmaster, I think that's Wishmaster 3. Wishmaster 2 is the one where he's in prison. God, they're wonderfully shit. They're so shit. Tina goes downstairs in her shirt or Rod's shirt and she's walking along. She must be freezing. She's got like nothing on her legs. And she sees a creepy ass garden, but nothing untoward. She asks, what's the happy hat? But no one responds. So she goes walking and walking and walking. You have to give Wes Craven. He's not sexualizing any of these characters. They are sexual characters in terms of like Rod and Tina had sex and John Depp wants to have sex with Tina, with Nancy and probably Tina too. And we see Frey silhouetted, very classy shot. And there he is, Fred! And Brent Charles, everyone clapped at this point. He says, she says shit, and his arms grow, and he gives that classic Robert Englund grin of, I'm having a way of time. And he scrapes his fingers along the wall, finger nights along the wall. She says, please, God. And he says, this is God. And he does that shit, shit, Robert Englund, Freddy Krueger, dad run. It's so shit. And he's in front of her. And she runs the other way. And she runs to a gate and shuts it and runs for her life. I love how just slightly shit and boring villain Frey Kruger is. Rob Englund appears and he stretched Frey Kruger and stretched out his hand. And he cuts one of his fingers off. And green gooey liquid runs out of it. And he gives a flashy cheeky grin. And he runs after her again with one finger missing on his hand, grabs her. It's like, you're coming for me. And Tina's like, no, no, please. And Fred, she knocks Frey down. And they fall under a table. And Fred, <laughs> this, oh, she grabs his face and rips his face off. It's a Frey mask. Oh, no. And she's trying to wake up. But she can't. Freddy's under the covers with her. Oh, shit. And Rod is trying to figure out what's going on. So Rod pulls back covers and it's just Tina on her own. And she's being tapped by dream. In her dream, she's being tapped. Oh no, oh man, the cuts on her chest. That is really, really gory. And she's pulled into the air, bleeding profusely from her gut. And Rod's like, what's going on? Oh, she smashes in Rod and it's tight whiteys and knocks him into the wall. And Tina's pulled up wall, bleeding everywhere. She's pulled up to the ceiling. He's begging for Rod to save her, but he can't because he doesn't know what the fuck's going on. 
And she's pulled and pulled and pulled by Freddy, who's walking on the ceiling like a spider. She reaches out for Rod. And then Nancy wakes up. And Tina's screaming in agony. And she falls onto bed. And oh man, she's dead. There's blood everywhere. Blood on Rod. And if you remember, Rod earlier on, supposedly he had a knife. See, it's part of why I like about 80s West Craven particularly. Some great foreshadowing. A bursting room and Tina is dead and there's blood everywhere. John Depp's like, I can't be here, I can't be here, I can't be here. And quickly bats out of the room. Nancy's like, what, what the fuck? She looks at window and Rod's gone. And this is why I love about, really love about 80s West Craven in particular. There's so many layers, because Tina said, um, jokingly, Rod, don't leave me alone with this lunatic. Rod threatened John Depp's cat with a knife. You know, and as far as Nancy and John Depp's cat, no, Tina and Rod had the terse relationship. So it all points to Rod, logically. Despite the fact that he literally could not have done it because of nature of it, it points to Rod. Anyway, we cut to... The police station with Nancy's father, played by great John Saxon's there, with her mother. And her mother is one of the most brilliantly weird performances of all time. She's clearly going for a woman who's drunk all the time. But FMS is doing very measured, apart from FMS, apart from her and Freddy Krueger, is doing very measured, matter of fact performances. John Saxon's the beating heart of this movie. He's really, really good in this movie and in terms of genuinely good and mothers I, I'm guessing it's um, related to twists later on with Freddy Krueger revealing what he did to all kids but she is so weird and so traumatised and so drunk <laughs> why don't you think murder is serious seriously like I can't stop laughing at that actress but at the same time, it's laughter because of how off-kilter it is. Like, for a second, I, I first time I saw this, I thought she was working with Freddy. No. Well, she's not, but... Seriously, 20 minutes of this movie gone already. This is so good. I miss watching shit like this. And this is why Friday Night Fright is going to be so much better in Season 2 than Friday Night Shadow was in Season 1. It's going to have good movies. You know? Like... Friday Night Shadow, partly it's because me, because I was watching all bad movies first, and I'm going to watch the good movies they have to offer, but this is a fucking beast of a movie. And cut to Tina being carried away, and they show her bare bloody arm on TV. That's so weird. Why would you do that? Apparently, reveal, news report, report reveals it's a raised blade that murdered. Nancy's mum says that she's tossed and turning, she shouldn't go to school today. And so I've got to go to school, mother, otherwise I'll sit up there and go crazy. Did you sleep? She says she'll sleep in stay hall. Nancy's mother is like, you got to stop drinking coffee, you got to come home. She's like, I'll, I'll come home. And they bond. I like the fact they're not portraying Ive's parents being shit. There's actually a decent, conflicted relationship. Because the truth is, half time you love your parents and half time you really get irritated with them. But you don't... It's not one extreme all the time, you know? Like, she might be drunk, but there's still some affection there. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, for some reason, a weird government agent is watching Nancy and she looks back 
and a fucking G-Man. There's no one there. What the fuck was that about? Rod grabs... I guess it's cops watching after Nancy. Rod grabs Nancy and pulls her into an embankment, says he's not going to hurt her. And she's wondering what's going on. He says, they're going to murder me. And Nancy's like, no, they won't. And Rod's like, I, you think I murdered Tina with a razor blade? He assures Nancy he didn't do it. And says there was somebody else there. But she says, the door's locked from inside. It's a locked door mystery. I love locked door mysteries, by the way. So then um, Rod gets angry with Nancy and her dad gets dropped on him. Nancy steps in way as a bunch of cops grab Rod. And yes, sir, that's what I really love about this movie. From John Saxon's father of Nancy's perspective, I'm going to call him John Saxon, by the way, this guy's just threatening his daughter and is a murder suspect. So obviously he's going to arrest him first and they find Switchblade. Rod Stroop says he didn't kill anyone. And... <laughs> and John Saxon's got... Nancy says that she he used her. And he says, why were you going to school in the first place? Actually, what I'm talking about... No, Lynchay wasn't teen. No, Lynchay's in this scene. What the fuck am I talking about? She plays the teacher. And she... She does a really good job. She's talking about cankers and she's relating plot to this. She's talking about how Hamlet had to continually probe and dig, which is true. Just like grave diggers. And she's relaying it to this, saying that they're tr the grave diggers try and get beneath the surface. And now she's talking about Julius Caesar. And says, John, you, you finish this shit. John's wearing a magnificent Hawaiian shirt, by the way. Is this guy from... Is this meant to be guy from the second one? It looks very similar. Shakespeare, when you're a kid, you can't really appreciate Shakespeare. When you're older, oh, man, he was a fucking man. Shakespeare is so good. I just think it's a language thing. It's very difficult when you're a kid, because you haven't lived, really. When you've lived a bit more, you're really getting Shakespeare. Anyway, Tina, Nancy goes to sleep and Tina sat right next to her in a boy bag, dripping blood. It's like, Nancy, Nancy, come with me down to Fraggle Rock. Daddy, get your cares away down to Fraggle Rock. Down with Fraggle Rock. And there's a poor black vicious liquid leaning outside. John's like, I, I don't know what the fuck Shakespeare is, man, but I'm going to read it boringly anyway. Starts talking about dreams. Nancy gets up and leaves the classroom and no one pays any attention to her. So they're all staring straight ahead. And his point, someone brought up this in review of the Nightmare on Street remake. And what he didn't like about it was the dream sequences were really colour-coded. Like, you knew when it's green, it's a dream sequence. But here it's not. It's very, very much, as much as possible, shot like it normally be. So you don't know at first it's dream sequence. Kind of like Chris Nolan's Inception. This obviously inspired Chris Nolan's Inception. You know, and actually on that score, um, next Friday in the aftermath. Oh shit! Nancy pushes over some pushes someone who's just like Freddy Krueger, black pigtails in Freddy Krueger top. And incidentally, that looks very much like Freddy Krueger's daughter in the late movie. And it is it's Freddy pretending to be a woman. Freddy's not Freddy's gender fluid. 
Yeah, so next week on the season finale, series finale of Friday Night Shadow and season finale of podcast in general, I'm going to do a Let's Make Up a Movie on Freddy Krueger. It's going to be the sequel to... Um, shit, wait. So bear with me, I need to remember. Oh, wait a sec. It's going to be a sequel to Freddy's Dead, The New Nightmare. And uh, Freddy's Dead, whatever one that is. And essentially how it's going to work is it's going to be set in present day. And it's going to be quite a cool idea. It's an idea I had a long time ago. I tried to pitch it at various websites as a sort of fan fiction idea. And I was turned down because, hey, you know, that's what's great about the internet. Even shit you don't own, other people can tell you, no, you're not doing that on our website. Like... Don't own it. It's so stupid. Anyway, get a great close-up shot of evil insidious Freddy as Nancy's in his workshop. And she's staring. And Freddy emerges. And Robert Englund is so vulnerable. And even this movie, he's camp. It's great. He's cutting into himself and green goo and gizzards is stocking out. And it's like he's entering into this relatively realistic universe he's this weird camp villain from like the oldie days but it works because like you get cats like jason and mike myers who are very serious very matter of fact freddie just wants to perform rob england is really brilliantly over the top which does make me wish we would get that crossover movie of all slashes like um mike myers and jason and chuck and freddie and pinghead because they'd all play off each other brilliantly they really would, you know. They all have such different personalities. I mean, maybe Jason Mike Myers is similar in some regard. You know, but even Jason's got something like conflictedness to him. Mike Myers doesn't really have that. Anyway, we get um, Freddy saying, come to Freddy. It's not a dream. She, she, Nancy's like, God damn you. Freddy starts putting his tongue out. And Nancy burns her hand. Oh, shit. She burns her arm. And, oh, man, she's fucking in so much pain and screaming. She wakes up. And she is told by the teacher, you need to go. You need to go and see the therapist. And you can see, even though it's not dwelled upon, the burn marks on Nancy's arm. That's really cool. Nancy says she's going to go straight home. And teacher's like, um, you'll need a hall pass. And She's re-rattled and says, we'll get on bit. Fuck it, I'm going to say same character. She's playing same character she does in Insidious, because why not? I love the fact that the idea in all these horror movies take place in the same universe. It's one of the things I like about Friday 13th game. Um, if you can collect all tapes, it reveals that Nightmare on Street and Halloween and... Um, Hatchet take place in the same universe, which makes sense because they're all weird, it's full of weird shit, but it's the kind of weird shit very few people would believe. That's not a very good effect of a burn on Nancy's arm, by the way. I like the, I like the effort, but it's pretty shoddy. But that's the only really poor effect I think of in this movie. We're at the police station where Nancy's talking to Rod. 
And she's asking what happened. He says, I told you, I told you. It was dark. Well, it wasn't very dark. So he's lying about that. But he's sure he saw someone uncovers with her. And she's sort of like, how could somebody uncover without you knowing? He's like, how the fuck do I know? Maybe I was drunk. Maybe I just thought I'd let Tina get fucked properly for once. Rog doesn't know what you look like because he couldn't actually see anything. So his store is full of holes. Nancy's like, well, how the fuck do you know someone's saying then? He's like, because someone cut her while I watched. And she's like, you watched? So even he, even he's um, not entirely convinced. He knows what he saw, but he didn't see very much. So now Rod's going in detail how he thinks Nancy, Tina died. And Nancy starts twigging the shit. Four knives, invisible ones. Sounds like Freddy. Ross says he, he probably could have saved her if he'd moved sooner. But he thought it was just another nightmare. A nightmare on the Eames Street. Like one he had the night before. And Rod's like... Explaining about Freddy... And the change makes quite quick. This is a really pasty movie. He's talking about man with knives for fingers. And Nancy starts realising they all dream the same thing. And that's impossible unless... Unless Freddy's, Freddy's alive. Nancy doesn't think that Rod did it. But she won't testify to that fact in court. She screams to let her. And she wants to be let out. Who let her in in the first place? You know? Rod's like, oh, I'm so fucked. Why has he still got blood on his fingers? Wouldn't they wash that off when they arrested him? Because he's wearing new clothes. Nancy's talking, doing the one, two, phrase coming for you rhyme, and she's having a bath, and that's that's kind of adorable. Because, again, it's this thing. Normally in movies like this, the characters are really sexualised in situations like this. She just looks like a normal person having a bath. She looks very relaxed. She's got a really awesome pillow behind her head. And she's just sort of like chilling out, bubbles up to her neck. And gotta give Wes Craven this. I imagine all of these actors and actresses feel very comfortable making this movie. And then, of course, Freddy's gloved hand uh, emerges from beneath the water, right near her vagina. She can't see, obviously. And the hand reaches for her and then ducks beneath water as Nancy wakes up. And Nancy's like, Mum, go away. And she's Nancy's mother is so like you could drown. Nancy's like oh fuck off, and she's like I got hot water for you. She's like oh, gross. I want I want warm dairy products. Nancy's a bit of an arsehole. Nancy drifts off again. How do you drown in bath? Like, yeah, put some effort in drowning bath like that, you know. Anyway, she's drifting off again. And she's drifting off, drifting off, and drifting off, drifting off. And oh no, she's underwater. She's underwater. Frey's laughing. She's all like, ah, this is how you drown in the bathtub. She comes up to the surface and screams for assistance, but none's coming. She falls beneath water again. And she's struggling out. Nancy's mum's sort of like, what's going on? And Nancy's, Nancy's like, assistance. And Nancy's mum is like, ah, oh, it's the water steaming. Nancy's mum is trying to 
breaking. And she's, oh, she's using an intuitive thing. She's break, lock picking the door. She rolls in and Nancy's wrapped in towel. She's freaking out. Nancy's mother. I, this is the point where you start realising Nancy's mum knows something she's not telling, she's not saying about. So that's quite cool. She assures her mother she's okay. And her mother's like, oh, I'll turn down bed. You need to go to sleep. So I love this idea. That at first, performance is really over. And it's still at the top when you realise a twist. But at the same time, for now, it's really cool. Because, wait, especially, no, when you go back to retrospect, it's really cool. Because there's a lot more to it than you know. It's a very clever, it's like an example of Fritz Brilliant. <laughs> so Nancy picks up a start a whack, start a whack, which is like a pro plus the eighties, but it doesn't work because she can't stay awake because you know TV in the eighties so shit. So you couldn't really make this exact movie nowadays, and they're watching Eve Day on TV, which is brilliant. I'll keep you awake. Or is this Eve Dead too? I think it might be Eve Dead too. Anyway, Nancy is a no. It's Eve Dead. Cause Eve Dead too. No, it must be if they're too. Anyway, Nancy is very tired, but she doesn't want to go to sleep. And it, it just, you couldn't make this that move nowadays. There's so much shit they have, like um, iPads and thousands of channels and Netflix and that. You never run our things to do. John Depp climbs up to a window, and we get revealed that he lives across the street, which comes in play later. Again, very clever script. So he climbs in her window, and this is a foreshadowing of a similar scene in Scream. It's quite cool. Scream's a really good script, by the way. I, I think Scream's a masterpiece. So they discuss whether John Depp had any dreams last night. He's like, I slept like a fucking rock. And my Blu-ray is flickering, which I'm not even angry about. I'm quite cool with because it means that it's got the feel of the old VHS tapes, which is good. So Nancy says she's going to go to sleep and look for... And this is the point where you realise this isn't just a typical 80s slasher heroine. This is a fucking badass. She, without any training, is going to go to sleep to try and track down Freddy Krueger. And she's trusting Johnny Depp to wake her up. This woman is one of the... Nancy is one of the best horror heroines of all time. This is not a weeping that willow. This is not a damsel in distress. This is a motherfucking badass who knows that she's going up against a scary guy. She doesn't know anything other than that, but she's literally going into his territory to track him down, to bring something back, to prove that he exists and to maybe get an idea of how to stop him. I love this character. 
I love this franchise and I'm not being hyperbolic when I say this literally, even 38 minutes in, if you're watching this and you're not thinking this is one of the best horror movies of all time, you've really, I don't care if it's aged much, I don't care if it's a bit goofier than it was at the time, this is fucking peerless horror move making. And even better, it's not in Peerless. This is shit made for the masses. And it's still a really, really, really fucking good script. Nancy, oh, that's so clever. She's going to find Freddy. She calls out and Johnny Depp's in dream. That's brilliant. Because she thinks that he's in her subconscious saying that. Like, she's, he's in a real way saying that to her. She's picking up in Dream. No, he's in Dream with her. But you don't officially find out for a few more minutes. That is so good. We uh, Wes Craven, just... Man, like... <laughs> this is going to be a fun series of movies to recap. Over the next batch of years. God, I fucking love this movie. So, uh, officially, we're at chapter 13 out of 26. Um, I'm at 40... I, the count for this recording is 40 minutes. The count for what I'm watching is 38.58. So, I'm going to go another seven or so minutes, um, and then I'll stop. And then I'll pick up later on. Nancy is walking towards the school. Um, she's starting to get the sense that Freddy has roots there. Or Fred is a corner. Because they don't know about Freddy yet. Fred Crew. Fred Crew of the Crew Massive, you know. She's investigating the school. Oh no, she's gone to jail and rolled fast asleep. And Fred walks in. Oh shit. She's begging for Johnny. She's calling for Johnny Depp, but he doesn't do anything. She's looking, and somehow she's entered Rodstream. Freddy Krueger phases through the bars. She starts smashing on the windows, and then he looks up and sees her. And Freddy, oh, he's got an audience. Nancy's begging Glenn to wake her up. And now Freddy's disappeared. And Rod's dozing. Tino appears and says, Nancy, look at me. Don't look at Freddy. Nancy's freaking out because Tina's bleeding from the eyes and she throws up a lizard or scorpion of some kind. Oh, and there's snakes and slugs everywhere. Oh, that's rant. Slugs are worse. Nancy's begging Glenn to wake her up. But Glenn might be asleep. She hears a voice and Freddy's... <laughs> runs after her just as Freddy run again the the hilariously shit run so bad and she's run into 1428 Inner Street and she bursts inside and she shuts the door behind her and she runs upstairs and then foot goes through the stairs because stairs are made of oh sludge it's such a cool fat and she can't get upstairs Freddy smashes through the door wearing a weird mask and she's trying to go upstairs. He takes off the mask and there's some more. She manages to go upstairs and runs for the door, opens it, shuts the door, and Glenn's asleep. And she begs Glenn to wake up. 
and she, she says this is a dream this isn't real life as Frey jumps through the door on a recall effect grabs her and tries to stab her but she's fended him off she's begging to be woken up and she's fighting for Eddie with all her might but he's going to drop his finger gloves he picks her up raise her in yeah and he's about to stab her oh shit this is it she pushes him away and she grabs pillow, but Freddy starts hacking pillow bits. And there's always oh, bits of pillow and fluff everywhere. And he jumps on her. It's just, Freddy's so shit. And he jumps. He could have gave her an end point. But he's like, no, her alarm's going off. And she wakes up and Glenn's awake too. He's woken up by alarms. Where, and she's fucking pissed. Because this douchebag Glenn didn't wake her up in time. What an arsehole. What an absolute piece of shit. She calls him, she calls John Depp a bastard. And he's like, what do I do? She's like, I asked you to do one thing to watch me. You couldn't even do that. And he's like, oh, man, oh, man, what, what the fuck, man? She says he fell asleep. He's a shithead. Nancy's mum calls out Nancy's. John Depp makes his escape through window, which probably happens a lot in real life. He hides on the, on the roof. It's Nancy's mum walks in. And she's like, the fuck is going on? Nancy, what's going on? Are you okay? She's like, it's just dream. Back the fuck up, mum. And Nancy's mum, who clearly wasn't sleeping, looks pissed as shit. She's like, okay, why are we going then? And I am going to call time on that for now. So I'm stopping at... So we pick up from 43 minutes in and eventually... And yep... They run up station. They run up steps to police station. Tina and um, Nancy and John Depp, and they ask the police officer, "Hey, where's our friend?" And he's like, "He's somewhere," and it's very detailed. Um, so turn subject. He's something stirring inside his bed. Ooh, the sheets are turning. Ooh, it's going. Maybe he's going to be hand. Rod's going to get hung. They're going to hang Rod. They're going to hang Big Johnson. And yes, John Depp's saying, you have to believe there's something strange going on here. And John Saxon's like, Detective Saxon's like, oh, God. It's, it's strange because there's an unsolved murder. My daughter's caught up with it. Oh, no. He asks what they're doing there. It's like, well, not fuck, surely you know. Not logical. He says Nancy's go to bed. And then his lieutenant loco... His partner says, he's asleep, let him be, let Rod sleep. But then we see the little bit of bedding wrap around his neck. And like, Nancy screams, just go and look at him, John Saxon. He's like, don't break character, Nancy. So he says, Gar Garcia? I call him the tank Loco's joke, but his name's actually Garcia. But he doesn't know where he put the keys. This is not a very way wrong police station. Rod wakes up before the ropes can go around his neck. And surely that breaks the immersion, because if Frey can only ink fear of dreams, then how is he doing this? Because Rod's awake, unless he's asleep and dreaming he's awake. I suppose possibly. He begs for assistance, but none's coming, because why would it? And we're going to get Hunt Rod. A humbucks, if you will. And Garcia's like, oh man, Jesus, what's happening? And John Saxon runs up with him, and they open bars and they try and save Rod's life but he's dead already he's only hung up for like two seconds pretty quick unless his neck broke no one's checking his pulse Nancy's freaking out John Depp's like man 
This first guy I'm going to see hang himself. Oh, that's really harsh. I apologize to that for assessment. And Rod is... No, finally someone checks his pulse, but nope, he's dead. And John Saxon's like, wait, what? He's like, oh, man, that sucks. And Rod's actor droops his neck to symbolise and he's actually dead. The funeral already, that's quick. So it's like for a week after. It has to be at least a week after, surely. But that's raised the question. They got the funeral set up really quickly. And that implies that nothing happened other than this thing week uh, past. It's quite strange. Unless, is this possibly a dream sequence? We see Rod's parents who look very confused. And Priest says those who live by his sword die by his sword. Is that a penis reference? So I think this might be a dream sequence. Nancy starts looking around and seeing that the priest is talking lots of shit. And now she sat on steps, so I guess it wasn't a dream sequence. The more you know, eh? Nancy's mother says that we have to go home and I have to go to the pub. John Saxon's nearby with a cigarette, trying to look cool and failing. Nancy says, there's still a killer on the loose. And John Saxon's like, you were saying somebody is murdered, Tina? Who? Give us a sub. Because they say cops aren't going to find him. Apparently he's burned. She thinks it's someone burned and wears a weird hat. And John Saxon's like, oh shit, that narrows <coughs> it right down. Instead, I saw Ackman. Ackman's really good. And so is this. But Ackman's particularly good. John Saxon's like, you better keep that woman under control. And, Mars, and Nancy's mother's like, I've got some better. I'm going to get her some assistance. And then they get in the car to drive off. So Merry Christmas, everyone, by the way. I have to say it now, because the episode I recorded for Tuesday, I don't say Merry Christmas. Despite the fact that it airs on Christmas Day. <coughs> oh, so we're at the Katja Institute. And study for the study of sleep disorders. And Nancy's like, Couldn't you give me drugs? And they're like, Everyone's got a dream, young lady. If you don't dream, you go. Pop, pop. So, very, very fine medical diagnosis there. The alcoholic is asking Nancy to trust him. And Nancy's like, It's not you I don't trust. And that should be, It's not you I don't trust. You know, because why would you trust an alcoholic? When Nancy's falling in sleep with all the electrodes burned head and her mother kisses her head gently and they're like, Nancy, just go to sleep. We'll be in the next room. We'll have to assume nothing will happen to you that you'll need a trained nurse nearby for. Nancy falls, somehow falls asleep. It's weird because I remember I was on blood pressure monitor once and it's really... um. Difficult for all that shit hooked up to you to actually relax. The alcoholic says, well, she thinks her dream's real. And the doctor goes, well, there's no signs of pathology in her ECG. What? He says, well, apparently she's gone through two days of hell. What? But Rod's just buried, so surely it's been longer than two days. Unless they immediately have funeral, which seems very strange. The doctor says that she's asleep now because, you know, we need a medical perspective on someone being asleep. 
And now we get a description of what dreams are. They're mysteries, incredible body hocus pocus. Truth is, we still don't know what they are, where they come from. I don't think that's true, and I don't think that's true in the 80s. That's one part where Scraven falls down a bit on. I don't think science of this works out. And again, it isn't science, really. Okay, now Nancy's going into deep sleep, which is serious business. Apparently, heart rate's a little high, but it's just due to anxiety. How do you know? Otherwise, she's relaxed, but she's anxious and has high heart rate. Apparently, she could dream at any time now. This all, these sort of bits always remind me of the um, bits from movies like Psycho, where they try to explain what's going on, and the psychology behind it, and it just falls apart. Apparently, she's definitely dreaming now. It's a good one, too. Typical dream parameter. How is it a good one if it's typical? The nightmare now would be plus or minus five or six. That's not very precise. She's about three. Drops to... Oh, no, she's going into nightmare. She starts stirring as we hear water dripping. Doctor's like, oh, uh, what's going on, Doctor? Says Nancy's mother. And Doctor's like, what? I don't know. Fuck. He doesn't know. He, he's never... She's going too deep. <clears throat> she. They need to give her a kick. He runs in room. He's like... And Nancy starts screaming, sort of like, wake her up, Nancy, it's mum, it's mum. And they go give her an injection. It's really weird people. Oh, her hair's white. And they all find that a little strange, but... Why would you... She... Oh, she stabs the doctor, jams the doctor, and she's got cuts on her arms. She... They're asked what happened, and she's like, my hair's white, and I'm bleeding from the arm. Surely now you'll believe that this is... Not quite within the realms of modern medicine or science. Apparently she brought something. She's got a hat. And everyone's all like, well, where'd you get that hat? She was asleep. What do you mean? And then Nancy Muff freaks out when she's told that Nancy took it off Freddy's head. So that must mean Freddy doesn't have a, a hat in any of the other scenes in Greenwood, right? Mar John Satson and Nancy's mother Margie talking about the hat and so like, Nancy's mother is sort of like I she's got I, I found the hat she gave me a hat and she didn't have hat before and she's really pissed Nancy walks in and Marge Nancy's mother is like Nancy don't drink so much coffee addiction's bad and Nancy's like you're an alcoholic and also you didn't sleep all last night did you Doctor says that Nancy has to sleep, and Nancy's sort of like, well, I can't, I don't want to sleep, and they argue over the means of sleep, and put personification of what crazy is. <laughs> Nancy asks if Hat can be examined, and her mother's like, no, I threw it away. It's like, I don't know where you found it, or what you're trying to prove. She was asleep, and she had a hat in her hands after she woke up. I just don't, I get lethal suspension of disbelief, but really, why do you ask like me? You knew she didn't have the hat when she arrived there. What? Where was she going to hide it? Up her ass? Up her vagina? Like, it's clean hat. And the hat's there. Which you lied, you didn't throw it away. Nancy's like, he has his name written in it. Fred Krueger, mum. His mum wrote his name in the hat. Fred Krueger, Krueger, Fred, Fred Krueger. Who is that, mother? If you do. Because if you know, because ah, you know you must hear me. Nancy's mother's like, trust me, trust me for once, please. You'll feel better when you get some sleep. 
I think she's working for the dream sleep agency. Nancy shows off her safe harm wounds and says, does this make you feel better? Or maybe she should, maybe I should grab that bottle and drink. <gasps> she's playing alcohol card. Oh, this is tense. And that slap, slap across the face. And Nancy's mother says, Fred Krueger can't come after you, honey. He's dead. Believe me. I know he's dead. He's dead. And Nancy's like, you, you know about Fred? You know about Miss Krueger? Oh, man, she's pissed now. She's like, you're acting like I made up. And she's like, Nancy, you're sick. You're sick. There's something wrong with you. You're imagining things. You just told her he was real. Oh. She, she grabs the alcohol. Oh, Nancy smashes it on ground. And her mother's like, but I, I don't want to lick up shards of broken glass again. It says, Nancy, it's just a nightmare on Elm Street. Toe drop, y'all. Oh, man. This is being done last minute again. Jesus, I'm so unorganized with the podcast. John Depp says when he gets, whenever he gets nervous, he eats. He must have eaten a lot over the last couple of years. And he's got a giant bag of takeout food. Which they're not going to eat. They start talking about Banley's wall. What? Banley, they have a system that they call dream abilities. Do you have nightmare, for instance, like falling, right? Question mark. Right? Wave dot, dot, dot. Instead of screaming and getting all nuts, dot, dot, dot. You say, okay, I'm going to make up my mind, dot, dot, dot. And I fall into a magic place maybe it's something special like poem or a song sorry how would you fall into a poem or a song dumbass he's saying that you wake up and write down whether you dream and that's how you literally was invented which is not true apparently if you turn back on monster it stops existing and so like that sounds like shit parents tell you about when you be bullied like oh if you put your back if you don't swan to bullying you'll stop it's like yeah, kinda. Anyway, John Depp shows a book called Booby Traps, and I don't think Nancy wants to read that book. Oh no, she shows him a book, but he doesn't want to read it. Well, what? That's a really wonderful scene. Because neither of them paid any attention to the other, and it didn't really go anywhere. Seems not as peerless as I thought. Nancy walks up to her house and sees bars on the window. On windows. Windows, plural. She tries to rip them off, but they're bars, Nancy. You can't rip them off. You're barred. <laughs> Man, I can't wait to have some fishing sandwiches in a bit. Ah. <sighs> Mother, says Nancy, as her mother is pissed as shit and trying to smoke a cigarette and failing. Nancy asks about bars and her mother's like, why well, I, security? Because of, you know, Fred. Because of Fred, Fred Krueger. <laughs> her mother's like, come down to the cellar with me, I'll talk. I, if I was Nancy, I would not go into the cellar of that woman. She looks pissed as shit. In fact, the fact she can get to the cellar is amazing. She shows Nancy the old boiler and kneels by it. Nancy approaches, very earnest, and they 
her mother starts explaining about Fred Krueger. He is a fearful child murderer who murdered at least 20 kids in the neighborhood. Kids we all knew. She's got an exhibition dump, Nancy. It drove them crazy, apparently, when we didn't know what it was or who it was, but it's even worse after they caught him. And she pulls out his tools! Fred's tools! Apparently, Lloyd's got fat and Joe's got famous, but somebody forgot to sign search warrant in the right place. <laughs> and crew goes free just like that. That's not entirely how it works. But apparently, um, they tracked him down after Fred was let out and found him in an old abandoned boiler room where he used to take his kids. And they took some gasoline. Holy shit, they... Not Fred. They murdered Fred. They pulled it all around the place. Made trail of it out the door. Fred's dead? Drop dead Fred. Poor Fred Kruger. Not that way. Not that way. They burned him alive. And turned him into a fucking... Dream monster. Apparently Marcy's like... It's okay. He's dead, honey. Mummy murdered him and took his knives... Well, I'll come and play later on. Nancy's like, what the fuck is wrong with you people? You ever think that maybe he's tethered to life is those knives? John Depp is cheering up, watching a TV while listening to music, which, you know, as you do, on different device. And he's wearing a midriff exposing top. What? The 80s were weird for fashion. So her and John, John Depp and Nancy look each other through windows like a poor man's Romeo and Juliet and discuss um, the fact that she looks like Princess of Zenda. I don't know what the fuck that means. Apparently records staying awake is 11 days. And they're going to um, play a game with Fred. John Depp says, well, why would Fred won't murder me? And she's like, well, don't ask. She wants assistance nailing Fred when he's, whoa, 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 whoa. You don't want to nail Fred. You don't know what he's got. He bleeds green blood, green gooey liquid. He chopped off his fingers, probably got a number of nasty venereal diseases. I would not. I'd not go left, I'd need Nancy. Oh, they love each other. Oh, well, he loves her. She wants him to beat up Fred when she pulls him out. Whack the fucker. Well, that sounds fun. As he's a jockey, he has baseball battle, something like that. This I quite like because I, I like the fact that they're being proactive and doing shit now. Like you see a lot of horror movies and they're not they're not proactive and they're stupid at the same time. This one seems to be a bit better because it's positioning that um these characters are smart and they're using logic rather than just being dum dums, I guess for lack of a better word. Because in a lot of horror movies they don't even know what the bad guy is to like last 10 minutes in this one. They're actually doing some home loan shit, which is quite cool. 
And when John Depp, like a dumbass, puts his headphones back on, turns the TV back on, do we Netflix turn them off in the first place? Nancy looks at a photo of Tina, her, Johnny Depp and Rod in better days. Or black and white days. Why is the photo in black and white? And why do you have coffee made, coffee made on top of a TV, you dumbass Nancy? She rubs her neck as her mother tries to... Oh no, Glenn's mother, John Depp's mother is like, Johnny, Johnny, are you okay? And he's fast asleep and she's like, oh, thank God. And she turns the TV off and goes, you're wasting fucking electricity as he jumps with sight. So I what? What the fuck? She points out the logic floor and listens to TV and what and radios at the same time. And he's like, oh, I wasn't watching TV. I, was listen, I wasn't listening to TV. I was watching it. Miss News America. Well, how can you hear what she's going to say? And he's like, who's the fuck what she says? And she, his mum's like, don't be such a smart guy, which is a lesson John Depp learned over the next 20 or so years. Sorry, this is a good... Sorry, I drifted off for a sec there. This is actually a pretty good scene. I like, you know, when give supporting characters... Um, his mother's only in scene for a few minutes, only in movie for a few minutes, but give us some stuff to do. It's quite cool. Marcy's drugged the shit out of Nancy. What an arsehole. Although if there's anyone who knows about drugs that knock you out, it's an alcoholic, single mum in suburbia, who looks every, every inch of 45... And that's because of makeup and that and yachting. The 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 fact that they're treating all of these people they don't do it in late movies, they resexualize the hell out of some of the characters. But in this one, Wes Craven's really downplaying it. And when Nancy reveals her her con, she was never actually asleep, she's faking it. All that sneaky Nancy. She's setting up an alarm clock and she's drinking as much coffee as possible and she's still bleeding through a bandage. State of the fucking bandage there, Jesus Christ. And she goes to the cupboard and she takes off her top. And we sit from back and she puts on a shirt. She's going into dream wedge, she needs to wear a shirt. She looks at window at bars across the street and she sees Glenn's dad drinking outside and leering, looking up on her at her and leering. And then when John Depp's mother says, No, he shouldn't stare, he's like, Well, I have some theories about that, Nancy. She's some kind of lunatic or something. So there's a guy looking at a fucking teenager in a night dress, in a nightshirt, drinking a beer. You pervert as fuck. Seriously, there's something wrong with that. And he bats away his wife's concerns and goes, I want a kid to hang around with our son anymore. It's like, well, fucking good. Nancy's probably better off. She really is bleeding through her dressing. That's a really shitty, shittily made dressing. You know, because you're meant to stop bleeding before they leave hospital, you know? Or give them new dressings. And it's the same fucking dressing. Arseholes. Anyway, Nancy puts on her jacket and tries to go outside, but her mother is, um, oh, she steals a bottle of clear liquid from the towel cupboard and starts downing it. Jesus, that woman can drink. And Nancy's like, shit, I can't sneak past an alcoholic. 
as we all know all too well, alcoholics are very spry. John Depp's passed out on the bed. TV on his lap. Dude, you are going to get so much cancer from that. Nancy phones up and John Depp's mother answers. And so I don't ring here. But then says that she wants to talk with Glenn. And John Depp's dad is like, no. And mother tries to be diplomatic. But father's like, no. You fucking, you what? No. He keeps saying no over again. I mean, he takes the phone. He's like, Glenn's asleep. Talk to him tomorrow and hands up. And then he says, you've got to be firm with these kids. That's all. Let's go. And as a matter of fact, then he unplugs the phone. That doesn't seem very wise. He turns the light off and those two are going to have probably really angry sets, to be honest, because that guy sound, comes across as a complete creep. Nancy's freaking out because she realises that Glenn's probably, John Depp's probably going to die. Not as in his career die, but he's actually going to die in this movie. And there's no way she can communicate with him because it's 1985. Oh, no. Her phone rings and she answers. And it's... Oh, shit. Freddy Krueger somehow hacked her phone. And she freaks out. But, sorry, wait, how does that work? Because you're not dreaming. How's Freddy got... And then she's broke her phone. I don't understand that. Can Freddy... Is he, like breaking down walls of reality or something because i know you can do that later on but here it seems like the phone rings again nancy don't pick up it defies the laws of logic the phone should not be ringing you broke it firstly it shouldn't be ringing because freddy if he can break down the walls to this extent then why the fuck is he doing any of why is he haunting you in your dreams he can just cross over and two, you broke the phone. It's not actually ringing. She answers anyway, like a dumbass. And he says, I'm your boyfriend now, Nancy. And he licks her face and she throws the phone down and starts screaming. Which is an appropriate response because, you know, that's not... That's, that's for the villain of Fred. That's not for the villain. It's terrible Fred. That's bad Fred. Naughty Fred. Anyway, she tries to get out the front door, but it's locked. Locked, 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 locked. And Nancy's mother is pissed on the couch, going, laugh, 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 laugh. She locked her up. She had to. She's going to get some sleep if it kills her, and then she passes out. Nancy's like, give me fucking key. And she's like, I don't even have it on me, see? Look, I ain't got shit. Nancy hits her mother, and we cut to John Debbie's sparse, star spangled banger plays on his headphones, He's still got TV on his dick. Don't do that. That's cancer. That really is. It's a state radio station who goes off here. And Freddy grabs him. He's all like, oh, you won't even have time to get cancer. And he pulls him into bed. And he's like, ha, fuck you, Johnny. As all the shit falls in bed. And John Depp starts getting stabbed. And Nancy screams, Glenn! Glenn! And oh, the blood. The Geisher of blood everywhere hits the ceiling like a fucking torrent, like a mini torrent, like a volcano eruption of blood everywhere. And I won't help police are going to frame this. Nancy's Glenn, John Depp's mother runs in the room, sees all blood, and's like, I, I don't understand. That doesn't make any sense. It's, it's literally gushing everywhere, and it's ah, oh, it's 
mad. She runs up screaming. As the cops pull up and the ambulance and they're like, shit, we need to get body. There isn't a body. Why are you pulling the stretcher out? You won't need a stretcher up there. You'll need a mop. There's a very, very useful cop stood nearby. And then stops being all urgent. Medic's like, let's go, let's go, because they need to take body for doing autopsy. John Saxon walks up and goes, don't tell me it's another one. And the lieutenant says, sorry, wake you, but I've never seen anything like this before. And this is your neighbourhood. So I thought I'd be called right away. This is a groundbreaking, iconic moment in horror. We need to certain moment. Nancy's looking at John Saxon's like, what's going on? He's sort of like, hello. She's like, hello. And then he's like, I, I, I'm going to go inside now. Bunch of nosy neighbours are outside. The cops have put bug out capsule blood. John Depp's dad is like, I don't know what the fuck's going on. He walks off, goes, oh my God, that's that's my son's blood. And then answers phone. There's a call for John Saxon. It's his daughter. Ooh. He grabs the phone and he's all, Nancy, she asks about Glenn. What happened? No, she knew what happened. He goes, oh, I haven't even been upstairs yet. I don't even know what happened. I thought, do you know what happened? And she says, yeah, but you know he's dead, right? And he's like, yeah, apparently he's dead. No, apparently. Wouldn't that be the first thing I'd fucking tell you? Nancy's like, I'll make a deal with you, Daddy. He'll, she'll make a deal with him. She's going to go and get the guy who did it. But she wants him to be there to rest him when he brings her out, Okay. He's like, Tim, you did it. And she says, Fred Krueger did it, Daddy. And then I get him. John Sasson's like, for fuck's sake. <laughs> she wants the door broke down in exactly 20 minutes. How long's left? Ooh, 20 minutes including credits. You lie. This movie lies because credits take up something like 20 minutes. Apparently, it's this time, time enough for him to defeat him. And John Saxon's like, just go to sleep. And she's like, you'll be here, right? He'll be like, yeah, sure, I'll be there after I solve this fucking murder because Glenn's just died, Nancy. Glenn's dead. He blew up and says, oh, I love you. i got to solve this murder. He hands up the phone. He's like, for fuck's sake. He's like, look to a random cop. Go outside, watch my daughter's house. If you see anything funny, call me. And for funny, like, why well, I'm fucking not. I didn't write this movie. Just go out there. Tell her, keep an eye on her, sort this shit out. Nancy is um, pop, is creating Home Loan-style traps. I guess this must be one of Kevin McCallister's favourite movies. She's doing a good job, actually. And I really like how proactive she is. She's not just waiting for Fred to do shit. She's trying to think ahead, almost, you know? It's quite a cool idea. Here's the point. Is this next sequence more violent or less violent than Home Alone? <coughs> you know, because like violence happening with Fred is disgusting, but also funny because he's an other he's basically a demonic entity from outside of time and space. And where she sets up sledgehammer on a string, as you do. And use this screwdriver holding in place, as you do. That doesn't seem very secure. And you've got an alcoholic mother in the house who'll probably get hit by all that. The coroner comes out, he's like, for fuck's sake, and he walks downstairs. Fucking fuck this shit. 
fake news, fake news. John Saxon walks out. He's like, I can't believe this. What's going on? And Lieutenant's like, Coroner's, Lieutenant says that Coroner's in bathroom puking his guts out, screaming it's much fucking bullshit, man. Fucking Agent Orange. Nancy's putting her mother to sleep because she's pissed as shit. Her, Marcy insists that she's trying to protect Nancy. Nancy's like, I don't need protecting from an alcoholic, but thank you. Thank you, anyway. We get straight up confirmation that Nancy's gift is she faces Finn's head on. But Marcy says, sometimes you have to turn away too. And then she grabs her bottle of alcohol and stops and puts it to the side. Yay, character art. Supporting characters with their own storylines. Yay. Oh, Nancy loves her mother and her mother loves her back. Oh, that's so adorable. It's a really nice scene. You know her mother's going to die horribly after this, but it's still a nice little sequence. Oh, man. Oh. So Nancy walks back over to bars with her alarm clock and says, OK, Kruger, now I'm home. Home alone. I do love the shots by Fred Kruger. You literally have ambulances right outside and you're going to try and murder another teenager. He's such a dick. He really is such a complete douchebag. Nancy says, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. Exit life. And tonight, take my hand. We're off to never, never land. Oh, do the do, do, do the do, do the do, do, do the do. And then very drunk man walks through an audience for people drinking more, being almost falling over a lot, before wrestling a terrible wrestling match. Glenn's advice comes back. As we get Nancy being told to turn her back on the evil. She's entered the dream. She's walking down the stairs, but she can't dream that she's wearing clothes that are more fashionable. Or having hair that's not grey. She she looks a bit like Rogue here. She walks through the house and it's dark and it's empty because it's a dream. And she can't dream a little dream of him. She walks through a door and finds herself in ooh, the cellar area. She starts walking down it and finds herself in the cellar and water trickles. It's pretty light down here. She walks a bit and she's moves past some creepy ass mannequins and she finds a glove. Oh, very cool. In the background, a picture of dogs playing poker. Oh no, but the glove's gone. It's just a rag it was in. The door creaks. Fred, I love how Fred made sure that he went to get the glove. Despite that, he already had a glove on. He knew that he had to stop Nancy using the glove. She walks through another door and descends further into pits of you know hell or Hades rain or anything you know Dante's Inferno Tina's there she says Nancy Freddy chuckles because he's he's a fucking pantomime villain she descends further down the steps hand rubbing along the wall 
Tina says, oh, you dream about the same creep I did. It's Freddy's sort of like, one, two, Freddy's going to get you. Ha! <laughs> Nancy's like, oh, I can't put up with this shit. Can you just stop being so pantomime? And now she's in boiler room. There's Glenn screaming, no, no, no. There's all voices of victims that are resonating in Nancy's head. Freddy growl? Why would Freddy growl? She walks past some pipes. There's Freddy breathes heavily, apparently. Tina beckons Nancy over again. Nancy looks down and she sees nothing. A bunch of chains and a clock for to gauge temperature. She descends a ladder very slowly. And she reaches the bottom. Bottom. And she, yep, she reaches bottom. We see her through some grates. That's quite a cool shot by Wes. And she's walking down dark hallway. And she can't really make up what's there and what's not there. Her arm's itching a bit. Um, so she asks for Kruger. And we see a huge pipe. And she's caught saying for Kruger, she's here. I think Fred already knows you're here. We see random shots of pipes and Fred isn't anyway be seen. So she continues walking down dark hallway. And she approaches some doors. Um at firing and she's still walking and walking. And there's a bunch of steam and shit and she moves to touch it and thinks better of it. She doesn't want to wake up quite yet. It's quite a cool plan. She's got to drag him into the real world. I like that. It's quite clever. What's past some more steam? Steamed ham, as you would put in popular parlance. She finds the cruc- her crucifix from earlier. Oh, shit. She looks at it reverently as Freddy sneaks from shadows and starts squeaking and rubbing his um, knife fingers along shit. And then he appears in foreground, Nancy's in background, flits his fingers, and then she goes back to the foreground and he's gone. Quite a really awesome shot. She continues walking. And this is quite tense, you know, because you know Freddy's there. She knows he's there. She doesn't know where. And he knows where she is, but he's taunting her. Very slowly and surely, so far in the background. Nancy picks up a pair of bloody headphones. They must be Johnny Depp's. She drops them and sees the fire burning. She continues to walk. I guess the implication is that he pulled Trey John Depp into the dream. She says that she wants him to show himself because he's a bastard. You're a bastard, Freddy. You're a bastard. Her watch beeps. It's shit, it's almost time for her to wake up. And Freddy gets dropped on her, but she runs away. He chases her with that big stupid dad panto run. So she jumps and lands in, jumps out water room and lands in a rosebud in her garden. And now she's running asking where he is, but you've just jumped to a new location. It's going to take him a while to catch up. But she knows Fred is there somewhere. He's taunting her. She's trying to taunt him. Final 10 seconds. Of timer. Fred emerges from the rosebud and Nancy tackles him, grabs him and continues grabbing him. And she wakes up and he's not there. Oh shit. What was there instead was the rose garden fence that she fell into. 
she's pushed off and she's bleeding from her wound again. And she's really pissed off now because she didn't manage to bring Fred back with her into the present, to the real weird. And she's very upset. And then she stops and thinks that she might be crazy after all. And Fred emerges. Oh shit! Fred emerges and he's in real weird. And she smashes him the coffee maker glass over the forehead. And Fred looks very, very angry. He grunts and she starts setting up her traps as he bangs on the door and says, It's on, Kruger. He tries opening the door because he's a fucking moron and doesn't think she planned ahead. Nancy says that she's got him, Dad. She's got him. Please, can your daddy come? But cops are like, no, no, it's all good. It's fine. You, She demands that she, he get the dad. But remember, she can't open the front door because it's locked. So she smashes the glass with an umbrella and calls out and says, he, no, he's here, he's here, Fred's here. Don't let murder her too. And Fred finally manages to get the door open. There's a sledgehammer. Oh, shit, hits him in the gut. And he no-saves it, but he's really winding. He falls downstairs. <laughs> Fred falls downstairs. He's like, ah! He's so angry now. <laughs> she says, can't you catch me, Fred? She jumps over the couch, and he says he's going to split her in two. That's really, really fucked up. So he runs at the couch, and they get shot in back with a dart, and a bunch of glass smashes him, and a fire bursts him in back. Now she's like, for fuck's sake, Dad, come get me, because there's literally smoke, and someone gets dropped on Nancy Fred, but no one can see him apart from Nancy, because they look where at these that moment. She runs down to the cellar, and she's setting up more of her traps, and Frey says he's going to murder her slow, and she runs around the other way, and he's holding his gut, and she throws a bunch of piss and gasoline at him. And then, oh shit, she lights him on fire. No, Fred starts screaming and doing his dad wrong. He's like, no, I, I'll catch you before I burn to death. And she's like, no, you fucking won't. But he's like, I fucking will. I'm doing it. I'm, I'm going to run 100 metres on fire. And she smashes the door. And he goes down the stairs again. Ah, you fucking teenagers. And she locks the door. She's like, I'm not going to do shit. Fred's like, no, I'm doing this. He's going slowly up the stairs. He's like, oh, fire. There's smoke everywhere. And John Satsun finally is like, Nancy, why did you set the house on fire? What are you doing? He runs towards it and literally smoke. He's like, Parker, get the fuck over here. Parker's like, come on, guys, let's go. Let's go. Ow, Jim. As he's trying to break the door down. And he tries to smash the door down. And Parker's like, watch out, Lieutenant, we'll get it. And four of them try to break the door down. And they finally do. And Nancy's like, it's Kruger, Dad. He's Kruger. He's in the cellar. And they're all like, what the fuck is going on? The house is on fire. And they run down to the cellar. And they, oh, shit. But Freddy's gone. Freddy's literally walked through the house. And he's gone up the stairs. Oh, shit. Oh no. John Satz and Nancy run upstairs and Nancy says, He's after mother. And Freddie is literally in bed choking Marcy death. And Nancy smashes Fred with a chair from behind. But she's, he's falling on Marcy and he's fire everywhere. And John Satson pulls back the covers and it's just Marcy. He's been literally burned death and he's pulled down as a hand, skeleton hand raised up and she's pulled. Wait, somewhere? Limbo? 
Where the fuck is she being pulled? What is going on? I, I, I guess the implication is that John Saxon was not involved in Frank's murder. But he knew they were and they weren't arrested for it. Like, and John Saxon's asked if he believes to. He's like, I don't fucking know. He shuts the door. It's like, just fuck off. And he looks at Nancy and he's like, just, just give me a hug, Nancy. Just give me a hug. Just hug me, my child. And look, so he's like, I, I can't explain any of this and I don't really want to. She asks him to go downstairs and Nancy says she'll be back in a second. He's like, I don't know what's going on. Just Lieutenant, he's asked if everything's all right. And he's like, I don't know. I just don't fucking know. Nancy knows Fred's going to come back. So she's like, I'd rather deal with this on my own. The door shuts behind Nancy. She turns back and looks at the bed and there's nothing there. She slowly backs up towards the door. And she backs up, walks towards the door, walks towards the wall, walks towards the door. And, oh, Fred's emerging from bed. And Nancy's like, oh, for fuck's sake. I'm not even going to look at you. And Fred's like, oh, Nancy. Nancy, Nancy. He starts cutting up bed sheets and approaching her. And he's like, you think you was going to get away from me? But she says, I know you, Freddy. He approaches her saying that she's going to die. But Nancy's like, it's too late. Oh, I'm not, I'm not going to die. She knows the secret now. It's just a dream. You're not alive. And Fred's like, what? And she's like, whole thing's just dream. He's like, but wait, so it's a dream within dream within dream within dream? Anyway, Nancy says she wants her mother and friends again. And Fred's like, what? Nancy's like, I take back FBI of NG I gave you. And Fred's like, that, that's, not, that's not how it works. What, what are you talking about? Sequels, Nancy, the sequels. She says he's shit. He goes to stab her and she reaches for the door and he disappears to screaming. I love that. I love that Wes Craven clearly want this to be one and done. It's clearly was, second came out was never going to be one and done. Nancy walks outside and it's bright and happy and her mother's alive. <laughs> oh, we're going to get a happy ending. Her mother feels a mean butts. Oh, wow. She can't remember the night before. She's going to stop drinking. She doesn't feel like anymore. Oh, my heart is jumping beat. Oh, man. Nancy looks a little bit peaked, but she guesses she just slept heavy. Oh, man. Is this going to be a happy ending? Nancy looks... No, he looks so happy. And the guns all here! Tina! Rod! Johnny Depp! Oh, man, they're all alive! Oh, they're so happy! But wait, the car is coloured like Fred Krueger. Well, sure, that's just coincidence. But no, the car's driving it safe. What? No! No! What's going on with the windows? Nancy bangs on windows and starts banging for her mother who smiles and smiles. Wait a second. Wait a second. Fred Kruger's car! Nancy's mother keeps smiling. The car's Fred Kruger! It's creepy kids! It's creepy kids! The Fred Kruger can! Oh no, Fred Kruger's grand Marcy! Oh no, she's pulled inside! The kids! You bet they didn't lock the door! Oh no! 
Oh no. Um um I I I think we're getting a sequel guys. Um sure. I I I, I don't know. I don't know what to say. I I um, did any of that happen? What 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 what's going to happen next? What what what's the mystery of Fred Kruger? How can Fred Kruger do that? How can he do the things he did? What who's I I what I I, I um, just don't um what I I don't understand I don't what it happened stuff happened with the people and Fred and Fred Kruger was the car and then Fred Kruger was the mother and then Fred Kruger pulled the mother inside the house dreams um. Sure. Um, well, that was uh, the first ever Christmas on Eve Street. Um, yeah, I, I send your send all of your feedback to Friday at Friday Night Shadow. No, at Friday Night Shadow for a few more days, and then past first of January at Friday Night Fright on Twitter. But yeah, send send your comments if you are on Anchor. Leave them if you want. To leave a review on iTunes, fantastic. Um, and I would do a post show on Friday. But until then, Merry Christmas, and I don't. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah, that was definitely yeah. Until next time, remember life is beautiful. <laughs>